0: Hello and welcome to the Simple Faith Podcast, where we are exploring authentic Christianity for normal people. My name is Dave Betts, and together with my wife Sherea, we are looking at all the things that make our Christian faith what it is. If you're joining us for the first time, we have covered topics like an overview of the Bible, or what does the Bible say about swearing or cursing, what does the Bible say about your calling, or LGBT in the church, and much, much more. So don't forget to rummage through our previous episodes for more if you're interested, and If you are one of our regular listeners, thank you so much. Would you consider subscribing to get notified about future episodes or maybe even give us a great rating and review on Apple Podcasts? That would really help us get the word out about our little show. So last week, we were joined by Marty and Becky Frisk to talk all about missions. And for me personally... It was a hugely insightful and really helpful conversation. And today we are so excited to be chatting with Liam and Dana. They are good friends of ours who are on the verge of heading out to the mission field. Uh, And if you're anything like Shereya and me, you might be wondering what that even feels like. Like, What does that even look like on a day-to-day basis? We often hear about people who have been missionaries for many, many years and have all these incredible stories of being missionaries and all that stuff. But we thought it'd be really neat to chat to people who are at the very beginning of that journey. So with that in mind, Liam and Dana, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Would you tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you ended up at this point today?
1: Ah, Thank you so much for having us on your podcast. This is very exciting. Yeah, so I guess, yeah, Liam and I are living in Vernon right now, Vernon, B.C., but uh, where our story kind of met first was at Miller Bible College, where we actually also met Shreya and Dave, and that's where we met each other. And we worked at Sunnybury Bible Camp, which is on the same campus. So during a summer of Bible camp, we started talking and then during the year we started dating and a couple of years later, we're married and living in Vernon. So yeah.
2: And it was during that time where we both uh, realized that we had a heart uh, to move overseas, uh, to share the gospel with unreached people. Um, and it's been a, a process getting to where we are now, choosing which organization we're going to join, where we're going to go. But we're really excited that in just under a month, we are moving to Hamilton, Ontario to begin our training uh, with the organization that we're going to join.
3: That's awesome. So you guys both feel that call to missions. Do you want to just tell us a bit more about how you came to that place where you knew that you wanted to go?
2: Yeah, I think from an early age, I had this desire to be a missionary. I would always tell uh, my friends like the classic questions like, oh, what do you want to be when you're older? And my response was, I want to be a missionary. So I've always had that kind of desire in my heart. But I really started to think about unreached people and moving overseas when I met uh, mostly Dan as dad, actually. He sat me down and we had a a really awesome chat. Uh, He was a a lifelong uh, missionary and he really shared the heart for unreached people. And I went over for a couple of weeks to Istanbul, Turkey, uh, where they were living just to shadow um, them and a couple other single missionary guys living there. And while I was there, I ran into a people group called the Pashtun people and spent lots of time with them through the missionaries that were there and basically just hung out with these guys and they were laughing and we were trying to understand each other, but we couldn't. And they were like, Oh, Liam, like you should learn our language and come hang out with us. And, um, I was like, yes, yes, I want that. And just, yeah, the Lord really started to, to give me a heart for them and was praying lots about it. Like, Lord, like, is this like the people group that you have entrusted to me? And on the last day that I was in Istanbul, I was on a walk with Dana's sister and her mom. And we came across a park of like 40 Pashtun guys playing cricket and which is their, their big sport. And they were getting actually really fired up and heated. And I was like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't go say hello. But I, I've, somehow got the courage to and went up to them. And I was like, ah, oh, starting maché the And they stopped their cricket game and came around me. And I'm like this white guy that like knows how to speak their language, like just this one phrase. And uh, they were all amazed by that. And we're like trying to understand each other, but we can't. And then uh, the spirit told me that like one of them was trying to get me to say uh, the Muslim confession, which just gains them favor to Allah in their pursuit of paradise. And I I caught that, I'd never heard it before, but the spirit uh, gave me uh, wisdom in that. And I just looked at them, I'm like, no, no, no. Uh, And pointed to my heart and just said, Esau, Jesus. And it seems like such a small moment, but for me, it was just like so big because it was like the Lord just telling me, hey, this is what you can do for the rest of your life uh, is, share Jesus with these guys, laugh with them, love them uh, and share who I am. And it it can really just be as simple as that. So yeah, that's kind of where I really had a deep heart for them Uh, and it's been a year and a bit since then. Uh, We got married in the meantime, but now we're doing our training. So that's exciting.
0: Yeah, and Danny, you were a missionary kid. Sometimes people refer to you as an MK. Uh, what, yeah. what was that like? What was it like growing up in a missionary family? And, and where did you first experience that call to, to missions yourself?
1: Yeah, for me, there's some similarities in our story. And I think it is, um, yeah, some differences too. Since I was um, an MK that grew up overseas, then it was kind of interesting how God used that in my life. And um, for me growing up, as a younger kid, I didn't think that I had to be a missionary and I wasn't sure if I would be for a long time. Um, I thought about many other careers and I didn't know where I'd end up living or anything, but it was more as I guess God just like led me to himself and I started getting to know the Lord better for myself that I realized that was like the first and foremost thing that the Lord really cared about was that I gave my heart to him and that I walked with him wherever that would be. And then through that, though, and for me, it was actually in like around grade nine or 10 when I really started thinking about uh, missions was actually at a mission focused weekend that I visited at um, Miller Bible College in Pambrin, Saskatchewan. And through that weekend, I heard a lot of speakers talking about unreached people groups, And my heart just broke over that, and I was able to say yes to God to go anywhere without knowing where that would be or what people group yet. So I did have a good experience as an MK growing up around missions, but I just knew I needed a personal calling to it for it to become a part of my life in that deeper way. But yeah, as the Lord took me through Bible school and Through different missions events and talking to different people, he just constantly confirmed his heart to me for me to go overseas. And it was just cool to see how he led me to the same people group. As I prayed for the Pashtun woman, God just broke my heart over that. Or God broke my heart for the Pashtun woman. And that was the summer before Liam visited Istanbul that I started thinking about The Pashtun, and we didn't talk to each other a whole lot about it. But God just led us in the same direction, and and then now it's cool that we get to do that together. But also cool how how God just puts something on your heart, and you you really just he gives you the courage to yeah do something you thought you couldn't do.
0: That's that's so good. Thank you for, for sharing that, guys. I realize, you know, we've jumped straight into the deep end here. It's probably worth mentioning that, Dana, you were Sherea's roommate. And Sherea, you have a story about Dana, don't you, I think, that might be worth sharing. Because I think it's good for people to get to know who these guys are, you know, as well as, you know, incredibly uh, spiritually mature, amazing people. You know, but sometimes they don't always wake up so well. Is that... <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Yes. Dana Dana is the most wonderful kind, pure-hearted person you will ever meet. And I would say that she has very, very few faults in my eyes. But the one fault she does have (laughs) is she cannot wake up in the morning to one alarm. (laughs) So being being her roommate was very difficult in the morning when she would try to wake up because she probably set 10 alarms on her phone and they were all so loud and she would always put them on snooze. So not only was she waking up every like five minutes, me and her other roommate were also waking up along with her (laughs) Um, as all 10 of her alarms would go off five minutes after each other. So that was the one thing about Dana that that was maybe a little bit of a struggle, but everything else about her completely redeems that one thing. And now it's not my problem. It's Liam's problem. So (laughs) he can have fun with that.
0: So Dana, what would you say to that?
3: Oh, man. Well, thank you for making
1: this public. (laughs) (laughs) It's good for people to know that I do have faults and I definitely have have them. So thank you. (laughs) Just Um, the one. Now Liam gets to experience those two
2: <laughs> yes i can confirm that she sets multiple alarms every morning
0: <laughs> <laughs> this
1: is a growing area in my life as god sanctifies me hopefully i'll have less alarms too
0: <laughs> and i should also mention that liam and i worked at, at this bible camp together at sunny bray bible camp together Um, But Liam, I can't remember how old you would have been, but you were so young. You're like 15 or 16 at the time, I think, when when I worked there and you worked there, which is a weird thought. Liam Liam actually went to Bible school after Sheree and I left, so we were never there together. But. I don't have any stories of any faults of his because he was just a golden boy. He was just cruising through, just being a good dude. That's all we have to say about, about Liam. So anyway, with that as a bit of kind of context to who you are as well, why why now? Why do you want to be missionaries right now? Because you've been married for well, like just over a year, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, why now? Yeah, I
2: think it's just we see the need for the gospel to go out. We see that Jesus has commanded his disciples to do so. And we see that he's spoken to us about a specific people group. And yeah, we feel ready to go in the sense that we have all we need in in Jesus and we have uh, his spirit uh, to guide us in that. I know for a lot of situations, yeah, people will recommend like maybe you need some more time, like here in Canada, like spend some more time. Like, are you ready? Um, but we yeah, we really fully believe that uh, because we have the spirits that we are ready. And that's not to say that there's going to be trying situations and trying times, but we just see the urgency of the lost uh, among the world. And there's lost here in Canada too. And we have a huge heart for them as well. But in places like among the Pashtun where... of the population is evangelical, Uh, there's a huge need uh, for them to hear about who Jesus is. And even there's 50 million Pashtun worldwide, but as of right now, there's only about a dozen or so uh, workers reaching out to them. Uh, So that's about a few million uh, for each worker. which is a lot, and it seems like such a daunting task. But something that Dana's dad always says is that if we go, if we decide to go, then we're going to be like a guided missile uh, to that one person, maybe among the million, uh, that have a soft heart towards Jesus. And so, yeah, we just want to be obedient uh, to what Christ has called us into, and we're excited to do that. But yeah, there's definitely stuff that can be intimidating and can be scary and unknown, but we're excited to learn more about who Jesus is in the midst of that.
1: Yeah. In this sense, I feel like we feel so ready, but so not ready. And I think it's almost like getting married. Like you never probably feel like you're ready or becoming a mom, (laughs) but I think, yeah, at some point you just have to like jump in and, and just really trust in what God's leading you in and know that we're just never going to be ready for ministry, whether that's in missions or not. I think he grows us in the process, but we are thankful for the last couple of years of yeah, seeing God prepare us to. Mm-hmm. And a time at Bible college was helpful and even just our year taking a year in our marriage to be in Canada was helpful for us. I feel like we have grown in the Lord and we feel like we have a lot of growing left to do, but just so much peace about going
3: at this time too. Yeah. That's awesome. And you guys have such a good attitude about going and and growing and learning as you go. So what does this next phase look like as you go to Ontario to do some of that training? Yeah, yeah. Um, We are heading out.
1: So just at the beginning of January. And yeah, we don't even know what some of it will look like, especially regarding the whole COVID situation. This year, the course might look different than normal, but we're thankful it's still going on. And I think encouraged that we've heard of a lot of missionaries that have been able to somehow go out overseas, even during the last six months from Canada. And that's just Yeah, so amazing that can still happen during this time. But God's opened the doors for us to go take this um, about three months long course. And it's a very small course, but we will have some classes each day during the week. And these will be more like practical or mission related. So not so much like a Bible school in the way that it runs, but more of just practical training for language or for living in a different country to help us just get prepared. And then some of the training will be like how to make disciples or evangelism or just, yeah, how to live our lives, I guess, overseas and learn from some more experienced missionaries. So we're really looking forward to that time. And a lot of the learning will involve just conversations outside of class, I think. And just even it's like a stage of mental preparation and prayerful thinking about this more. Because even though we've been thinking about missions, we've also been working at normal jobs here. And it's just helpful in this time to have our minds switched and really transition into something new,
0: so, I mean, you mentioned that, you know, you kind of kind of feel ready, but kind of don't feel ready. And you've got training coming up that will help prepare you. I know that a lot of people listening who maybe aren't familiar with just coming up, you know, speaking to missionaries and, and coming across the concept of missions would be thinking that just feels so foreign. I mean, literally foreign because you're going to a different country, right? But, but scary and intense to essentially leave everything in Canada and go to a, a, a new country I mean, what are you, what are you going to do when you get there? Like, what does that look like? What do you, what are you anticipating that those first, that, those first few months, that first year might look like? Uh, and, and like, how do you ever get, do you ever get a sense of, of fear? You know, you, how, you, what does that look like for you? Cause I mean, I think those are realistic questions that, you know, many of us listening think, wow, that. That sounds terrifying to go. I mean, it was a big deal for us to move to Red Deer, Alberta, you know, to a place that is hugely Christian. And, you know, there are challenges, but we went to join a church. You guys are doing something completely different and, and, and really intense. So maybe talk about what, what you think that season will look like and, and some of those feelings about it, you know, about the unknowns. and, and uh, does, that, does that make sense? Is that kind of two yeah. questions in one there?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think it's definitely true that a lot of younger people, especially we even saw at Miller Bible College that a lot of younger people have this heart for missions, they maybe have a desire to be missionaries, uh, but then they kind of get stuck at all of the options in front of them. There's so many different organizations and, and different paths for them to take, and they get Stuck in this like fear of like oh like what one does like the Lord have for me what what is I what's my purpose like am I going in the right direction and so for us yeah we found that even now like just taking this first practical step it is really like helpful for us even like being there's so many unknowns right and it's like for us to take this next step it's like yes we're going into it and yes there's unknowns but we're we're moving towards it and and like, that's exciting. And as far as what our first couple of years would look like, even that's an unknown too. We're, we're not sure which country we may be in. And those are things that we hope that we're able to talk to our organization about, um, and that they'll be able to speak into a bit and we can get some wisdom uh, from them. And uh, as the Lord leads us, uh, we it'll probably look like, especially the first couple of years, a lot of language learning. Uh, and getting to know the culture, uh, just spending time uh, with people, and our long-term hope is to see to see fruit uh, in in amongst the the Pashtun, to see disciples made, and to see them bring the good news about who Jesus is to the fellow local people. Yeah, that's that's our heart is to see uh, disciples made of Jesus. And yeah, really, just spending time uh, with the Pashtuns, spending time, uh, laughing and loving them, and uh, sharing Jesus with them.
0: Great answer. I guess my next question, you know, which ties into the kind of the fear side of things, is, uh, what's your plan for for support? You know, how do you how do you plan to get by? Are you looking to get a job when you get there? Are you uh, raising support from churches? What does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, I think as far as Different fears go. We've experienced, I mean, many like fears throughout this process, but one of the things that God's strengthen us in is, I think, being faithful in regards to yeah living and support and just finances. and yeah. it still is a leap of faith jumping into this, but it's cool just how God has already provided so much in in my life for my family and in our lives for bible school and yeah i heard the other day dave mention on the podcast how um his bible school got god just provided everything he needed for that um for you dave and i just had the same experience there where i didn't really go into miller having the funds for it but god provided for everything miraculously and I just think he's our father and he cares for us and whatever it is he calls us to. We just want to remember that he will provide our needs, but also other like we really want other people to know that finances is never a reason to not step into something like this. And it can still be a bit scary, but we're excited to see how God provides and just the intimacy that will come through us needing him and relying on him in that part of our lives. And it will, we will be living on support. So yes, it will be through like a mission organization. People will be able to support us. But yeah, even that it's not a guarantee, but it feels like a guarantee in the sense that we're not worried that God will leave us hanging, even though it may be, sometimes living more simply and choosing to be content with less sometimes
2: and it's unique the organization that we're joining one of their beliefs is that they none of their missionaries will uh, do support raising so we ourselves are not going to ask churches or individuals uh, for money uh, directly but we will just live by faith that god will provide and that he'll put it on people's hearts to give and we're trusting in that so
1: yeah and there's different ways like missions there's such a spectrum and so many different ways that different missions do things and um yeah this is just what god's leading us in in this mission and um for us that we will be able to ask him for whatever we need and that he'll provide it in cool ways.
0: Yeah, I mean, so there's something really exciting about stepping out in faith. And there's always that that sense that, you know, if if nothing were to come of uh, your time with the posthume people, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, probably not, but your, if nothing was to come out of that time, you, you stepped out in faith to serve the Lord. And the reality is, Something will probably come out. We're we're expecting to see God move miraculously in your time with with these people. If that is indeed where God does send you, you know, long term, we'll see what uh, your time in, in Hamilton looks like. But either way, it's it's so exciting and inspiring for for us to see friends of ours boldly stepping out to uh, pursue the calling that God has placed on their heart. So that's really cool. We appreciate that.
2: A lot of these countries are safer than I think uh, we see them here in North America, but we just don't want uh, it to be everywhere for everyone to see. And yeah, we really trust that even in the midst of it, that uh, if we're keeping in step with the spirit that we are uh, in the safest place for us to be. So yeah, we wanna just think about it with common sense and uh, yeah, really just practically speaking.
1: Yeah, just God has also, Given us courage to to be there, and although it's maybe not the safest place ever, I think we've also heard so much testimony from anyone who has gone to these areas, or even just Liam's experience meeting Pashtun people, of how friendly and welcoming and hospitable. And I think there's quite a percentage of this. Muslim people group that would just love to make friends with foreigners who visit and just even be open to the gospel. And there's a small percent who is more um, hostile towards the gospel or towards Christians in general. And so we'll try and just, yeah, walk in step with the spirit. But God's also leading us to just a really a one-on-one type of ministry. Or you just sit down and have chai with a family or a woman or a couple of guys. And this isn't a very dangerous ministry. I think in a lot of ways, it's not a very public ministry. And for other people that we've heard are living in those places, they've just seen God move in those one-on-one situations anyways. And so that is exciting.
0: It's so cool to hear your courage and bravery at the sort of, yeah, going to an unreached place. And even if it wasn't for, you know, potential risks and danger and all that stuff, it's just a big deal to be doing what you're doing. So we are, we're proud of you as friends that you are taking this big step, that you're going where God has called you. We're excited for you. We can't wait to see what God does. And, um, we would love to have you on the show. If wherever you go has good enough internet connection, maybe we can connect in a year's time and and see how things are going. And that would be awesome. We would love that. Um,
1: yeah, that'd be great.
0: Good. We're glad to hear that. And that is it from today's episode of the Simple Faith Podcast. Did you know it's the penultimate one of 2020. Uh, join us next week as we do a bit of a review of the year. Um, and until then, uh, have a fantastic week. We will see you very soon. Bye.